Section 18 of the Science, History of the Universe, Volume 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Science, History of the Universe, Volume 4, edited by Francis Ralt Wheeler. Chemistry, Chapter 14, Modern Inorganic Chemistry. Progress in Inorganic Chemistry During the Modern Period A rapid growth in inorganic chemistry ensued after the introduction of the new chemistry by Lavoisier. A mass of information concerning the nature of the elements and their compounds was accumulated, and many new bodies were discovered. However, even now, after the accurate study of the chemical behavior of mineral substances by many careful investigators, we are still far from a definite knowledge of the nature of all the elements and their compounds, and new bodies are from time to time added to the extensive series already known. In the case of the elements, for example, Lavoisier in his Traite de Chimie mentioned 26, while 81 are at the present time accepted, and endeavored to sketch the important advantages in inorganic chemistry since the time of Davy and Gay-Lussac, will be made in this chapter. Cadmium was discovered by Strohmeyer in 1817, and about the same time by Hermann. It was named by Strohmeyer Cadmia Fornicum, or Furnace Zinc, because it was found in the zinc furnace, Cadmia being the original name for zinc. In the same year, lithium was discovered by Ardbetson, in petalite and spodumene. The metal was first obtained by Bunsen and Matheson in 1855, the name is Greek and means stony, and the metal was so called because it was then supposed to be found only in rocks, and not in the plant and animal bodies. Silicon was first isolated in 1810 by Berzelius by fusing together iron, carbon, and quartz, and Wohler showed that it exists in the crystalline form as well as in the amorphous state. In 1827, Wohler isolated aluminum by the action of potassium upon its chloride, and 18 years later, St. Clair Deville prepared the metal on a large scale by using sodium, while Bunsen effected its preparation by electrolytic means. Aluminum is now prepared in quantity by the electrolytic decomposition of the oxide, alumina, dissolved in cryolite. Beryllium, or glucinum, was also obtained by Wohler, who effected its isolation in 1828 by the action of potassium upon the chloride. Bromine was isolated by Ballard in 1826 from the mother liquor of sea salt, and was further investigated three years later by Lowig, along with iodine, which was discovered by Courtois in 1811 in the ashes of sea plants, and chlorine. It constituted the group of halogen elements of Berzelius, since fluorine was then unknown. The latter was first isolated in 1886 by Moissau by the electrolysis of hydrogen fluoride in the presence of potassium fluoride. Tellurium, which had been discovered by Müller von Reckenstein in 1782, was thoroughly investigated by Berzelius, who discovered an element chemically analogous to it, selenium, in 1817. The isolation of the metals, comprising the cerium and yttrium groups, has presented numerous difficulties. Although the discovery of yttria, impure it is true, from admixture with other earths, 
was accomplished by Godolin in 1794, and investigators have busied themselves with the question. The chemistry of the cerium metals is not even yet completely elucidated and may possibly remain unsolved for a considerable time to come. After Klaproth and Berzelius had independently prepared cerium sesquioxide from cerite, and the latter had identified this as the oxide of a metal, Mosander discovered two new oxides in crude yttria, the metals of which, lanthanum, 1834, and didium, 1841, he isolated. Two years later, 1843, he added to these two others, erbium and terbium, whose existence and nature is not yet, however, definitely settled, in spite of the admirable work which has been done on the subject. This has given us a better knowledge of yttrium, while yttria, which was formerly held to be a homogeneous substance, has proved itself a mixture of the oxides of various metals, of which, however, only one or two has yet been isolated. For example, the discovery of scandium by Nielsen and Cleve in 1879, and ytterbium by Mariak. The most recent additions to the knowledge of chemistry of this group of elements and their compounds have been made by Wellsbach, Drosbach, Cruz, Winkler, Crookes, Brauner, Baskerville, Urbane, and others. Wellsbach separated didium into Praseo and Neodidium. An analytical method has been elaborated for the separation of the various constituents of cerium, ytterbium, and thorium earths, which has been of help in the manufacture of mantles for incandescent light burners. Quite recently, Urbane has separated ytterbium into two other elements, neoytterbium and lucium. In spectrum analysis, chemistry now possesses an exceedingly valuable instrument for investigating rare metals and earths, and its use in the last five decades has been extensive. Spectrum analysis has grown out of some apparently insignificant and disconnected observations made by Margraf, Scheele, Herschel, and others upon the light emitted by flames colored by certain salts. The spectra of such flames were investigated by various scientists, among whom Talbot, Miller, Alter, and Swan deserve first mention, but it was only after Kirchhoff in 1860 proved the definite statement that every glowing vapor emits rays of the same degree of refrangibility that it absorbs, that spectrum analysis became developed by Bunsen and himself into one of the great branches of our science. Its importance for analytical chemistry, especially in the discovery of new elements, is almost beyond mention, and it opened up a new era in chemistry. Roscoe once said, The spectroscope, next to the balance, is the most useful and important instrument which the chemist possesses. Crookes has remarked, If I name the spectroscope as the most important scientific invention of the latter half of this century, I shall not fear to be accused of exaggeration. The very importance of the subject prevents an entrance into any long discussion of it here. It has come to form a distinct branch of chemical science. In the hands of men like Bunsen and Crookes, it has explored the recesses of the rocks for minute traces of hidden treasures, while with it, workers like Miller, Huggins, and Lockyer have fathomed the abysses of space and determined the constitution of the stars. Among the elements discovered by the use of the spectroscope, were rubidium and caseum in lapidolite and in the Durkheim mineral water by Bunsen and Kirchhoff. 
indium by reich and richter in 1863 as a constituent of freiburg zinc blend gallium in 1875 by lecoq de bois and thallium by crooks in 1861 the chemical nature of the last mentioned metal was established by lamy in the same year the knowledge of the metals discovered in the preceding era was greatly enlarged by investigations conducted during this period the analogues of nitrogen phosphorus arsenic antimony and bismuth were carefully examined and the atomic weight which berzelius determined for phosphorus was confirmed by dumas while his atomic weight for arsenic was corroborated by pelus and dumas the metals of the alkaline earths barium strontium calcium and magnesium which were isolated by davy were investigated by berzelius marillac and dumas who determined their atomic weights recently winkler found that magnesium is an excellent reducing agent for metallic oxides cobalt and nickel have been the subject of researches of an important nature mainly because of the remarkable compounds they form for example nickel tetracarbonyl and the ammonio cobalic compounds nickel is now extensively used in metallurgy especially in the production of nickel steel the rarer metals have of course received considerable attention uranium which was discovered by Klaproth in 1798 was investigated further by Pelago, roscoe and lately by zimmerman molybdenum and tungsten isolated respectively by helm and delhuriar have become better known and the acids and the complicated salts of these have been studied by scribbler marillac friedheim and gibbs uranium and particularly tungsten and molybdenum are now employed extensively as steel hardening materials uranium compounds are also used in dyeing and ceramics titanium zirconium and thorium have now become in the form of various compounds particularly the oxide of practical importance thorium was discovered by berzelius in 1828 its oxide thoria is applied in the manufacture of wellsbach gas mantles which consists essentially of a web of 99% thoria and 1% cerium oxide. Titanium is employed for the manufacture of special alloys, and zirconium, as zirconia, is made use of both in gas and electric illumination. Germanium, an element which resembles these in some respects, was discovered by Winkler in 1886 in a Freiburg silver ore. The element vanandium, which was discovered by Del Rio in 1801, was isolated by Roscoe in 1867. He also investigated its compounds carefully, determining its different stages of combination with oxygen and chlorine. This metal, which is widely distributed, is utilized in the production of sheet and tool steel and armor plates. Tantalum, a related metal, which along with columbium or niobium, was examined exhaustively by Blomstrand and Marillac, is used in alloys to make small springs and anvils, and in the metallic form to make special incandescent electric light filaments. The metals of the platinum group, platinum, palladium, Wollstone in 1803, rhodium, Wollstone in 1804, iridium, tenant in 1803, osmium, tenant in 1803, and ruthenium, Klaus in 1844, have been given careful consideration by chemists. Platinum is used extensively in making chemical apparatus, especially crucibles and stills, 
and osmium and iridium have recently come into use as filaments for incandescent lamps. About 15 years ago, the number of the chemical elements was enlarged by two gases of great theoretical interest, argon and helium. As early as 1785, Cavendish had noticed that a residue of about 0.6% remained when the nitrogen and oxygen were removed from air, and in 1894, Raleigh discovered that nitrogen from the atmosphere was 0.5% heavier than nitrogen prepared chemically. Raleigh and Ramsey then prepared large quantities of this atmospheric residue and found it to be a gas different from nitrogen. They called it argon, from the Greek argos, for lazy. Helium was discovered by Ramsey in 1895 in the mineral clevite. It had already been found to exist in the chromosphere of the sun by Janssen in 1868, and his observations were confirmed by Franklin and Lockyer. Helium, primarily obtained by heating clevite with sulfuric acid, and since found in small quantity, often together with argon, found in the minerals uraniite, malacone, etc., as well as in the gases from some mineral water springs, is like argon, inert and indifferent. Up to now, in spite of persistent effort, no compound of either argon or helium has been prepared. And further, although many diffusion experiments with both gases have been carried out, with the object of seeing whether they were really elementary, the densities of both have remained unaltered. For example, it has been found impossible to subdivide them by diffusion into two or more components. From the ratio of the specific heats at constant volume and constant pressure, it follows that the molecule and atom are identical in both argon and helium for example, that the gases are monatomic, and this applies also to the more recently discovered gases of the air, krypton, neon, and xenon. These were separated from liquid air in 1898 by Ramsey and Travers. The atomic weights of these gases and the proportions in which they are present in the air are as follows. Helium, atomic weight, 4, one part by volume in air, 2,450 volumes. Neon, atomic weight, 20, one part by volume in air, 808 volumes. Argon, atomic weight, 39.9, one part by volume in air, 105 volumes. Krypton, atomic weight, 81.8, one part by volume in air, 746,000 volumes. Xenon, atomic weight, 128, one part by volume in air, 3,846,000 volumes. Since the interest attached to these gases has been recently augmented by the discovery of Ramsey and Soddy that radium emanation eventually changes, at least in part, into helium, and since Ramsey has shown that when the radium emanation decays in the presence of water, neon is produced, and that argon results when the decay takes place in the presence of water, containing a copper salt in solution. The radioactive elements may be conveniently referred to here. Henri Becquerel found in 1896 that compounds of uranium spontaneously and continuously emit some radiation, which, among other properties, has that of making air a conductor of electricity. This effect, the quantity of which can be determined with great accuracy 
was used by Madame Sklodowska-Curie to measure the amount of radiation produced by various compounds of uranium and of thorium, which latter had been found by Schmidt to emit the same kind of radiation. She subsequently tested a large number of rocks and minerals, and found that certain minerals which contain uranium and thorium, for example, pitchblende, oxide of uranium, calcolite, double phosphate of copper and uranium, possess radioactivity much greater than that theoretically due to the amount of uranium present. Madame Curie therefore inferred that, it appeared probable that if pitchblende, calcolite, etc., possess so great a degree of activity, these substances contain a small quantity of a strongly radioactive body differing from uranium and thorium and the simple bodies actually known. I thought that if this were indeed the case, I might hope to extract this substance from the ore by the ordinary methods of chemical analysis. The investigation was consequently pursued, and with the assistance of her husband, Pierre Curie, and Gustave Bemont, Madame Curie commenced the laborious treatment of the residue, remaining after the extraction of the uranium from pitchblende, a large quantity of which had been placed at her disposal by the Austrian government, and finally separated the salts of radium in 1898. While endeavoring to isolate radium, Madame Curie discovered polonium, and other investigators, de Birnay, Gazelle, Markwald, and Hoffman, have given the names of actinium, emanium, radiotellurium, and radiolead to similar substances, the two last being possible products of the spontaneous change in radium. Among those who have worked with success upon the problem of radioactivity, Elster and Gettel, Rutherford, Soddy, and Ramsey may be mentioned here. Radium maintains a temperature one or more degrees above that of the atmosphere, injures the eyes, and disorganizes the flesh when kept long in contact with it. Its peculiar properties have been explained in various ways. The most plausible suggestion is that atoms of high atomic weight slowly disintegrate into ultimate corpuscles or particles, and that this decomposition is attendant with the development of great energy. The successive disintegration of the radium atom, as exemplified by the disintegration of products, is shown in the following table, which represents, according to Ernst Rutherford, the complete radium series as at present known. Radium, radiation emitted alpha particles, period 2000 years, range of alpha particles in air at normal pressure, 3.5 centimeters. Radium emanation, radiation emitted alpha particles, period 38 days range of alpha particles in air at normal pressure, 4.3 centimeters. Radium A, radiation emitted alpha particles, period, 3 minutes, range of alpha particles in air at normal pressure, 4.8 centimeters. Radium B, radiation emitted beta particles, period, 26 minutes. Radium C, radiation emitted alpha and beta particles, gamma rays, period, 19 minutes, range of alpha particles in air at normal pressure, 7.06 centimeters. Radium D, radiation emitted unknown, period, 40 years. Radium E, radiation emitted unknown, period, 6 days. Radium F, radiation emitted beta particles, period, 4.5 days.
radium G, radiation emitted alpha particles, period 140 days, range of alpha particles in air at normal pressure, 3.86 centimeters. It appears that uranium is the source of radium, and Boltwood has recently announced the immediate parent of radium, ionium. Radium represents barium chemically, and according to Madame Curie and Thorpe, it has an atomic weight of 226.5. Several observers have demonstrated that it possesses a characteristic spectrum, and consequently, notwithstanding its disintegration and peculiar conduct, radium is regarded as a chemical element. Owing to an affidation among chemists, to recognize a body as a chemical element when, under proper conditions, it possesses a definite atomic weight and exhibits a spectrum containing characteristic and novel lines. In 1823, Miskerlick discovered the existence of sulfur in two different crystalline varieties, rhombic and oblique, and a third variety, a plastic form, was also known. Frankenheim learned that by heating and cooling, these varieties could, at definite temperatures, be converted into one another, and in describing these phenomena, the term isomerism was employed, to which, however, Berzelius published an objection in 1841. To quote from his Jahresbericht for that year, I feel compelled to call attention to the fact that the word isomerism, which is applied to different substances composed of an equal number of atoms of the same elements, is not compatible with the view as to the cause of the different properties exhibited by the various modifications of sulfur, carbon, silicon, etc. While the term still lends itself to the expression of the relation between ethyl formate and methyl acetate, it is no longer suitable in the case of simple substances which assume different properties, and it might be desirable to substitute for a better chosen term, for example, allotropy or allotropic modifications, in accordance with these views, there can be more than one cause for that which we call isomerism, namely, 1. Allotropy, in which case, the difference between the sulfides of iron is due to the fact that they contain different modifications of sulfur. 2. Differences in the relative position of the atoms in the compound, of which the two kinds of ether, ethyl formate and methyl acetate, are so striking a proof. 3. A combination of 1 and 2. Since then, the term allotropy has been in constant use, and numerous allotropic phenomena have been observed, particularly among the non-metals. The allotropism of carbon was the first observed example, 1773, and its modifications exhibit marked points of difference, for instance, comparing diamond and graphite. Carbon, diamond, crystallographic system, cubic, optical properties, colorless, transparent, high refractive index, mu equals 2.417. Chemical and physical properties, non-conductor of heat and electricity, not attacked by oxidizing agents, ignition temperature, 760 degrees to 875 degrees. Specific gravity, 3.52. Hardness, 10. Carbon, graphite. Crystallographic system, hexagonal or oblique, Optical properties, opaque. Chemical and physical properties. Good conductor of heat and electricity. Oxidized to graphitic acid. Ignition temperature, 575 degrees and above. Specific gravity, 2.25. Hardness, 1.
when amphorous carbon coal peat lampblack etc and diamond are heated they pass into the graphitic variety and graphite is now produced in large amounts by heating carbon to a high temperature four thousand degrees celsius by an alternating electric current henri moisson eighteen fifty two to nineteen o seven an eminent french chemist succeeded in preparing synthetic diamonds by dissolving pure sugar charcoal in molten pure iron and suddenly cooling the mass by plunging it into water and three english chemists sir f a abel w h noble and sir william crookes obtained diamonds by exploding some of the high explosives and steel bombs the liquid carbon produced crystallizing as it cooled however no diamonds have thus far been produced of commercial size or amount the most peculiar as well as noteworthy example of allotropism is afforded by the conversion of oxygen into ozone ozone was first noticed by van marum in seventeen eighty five in electrified air in eighteen forty c f schonbein called attention again to this substance discovering its oxidizing action and showed that it was produced in the electrolysis of water and in the slow combustion of phosphorus and sulphur he gave it the name ozone which means a smell the investigations of marillac de la rive becquerel tate fremy andrews and brody have proved it to be modified oxygen its density was determined by surette in eighteen sixty the latter and before him andrews proved that the ozone molecule contains three atoms of oxygen while a molecule of the latter is made up of two atoms ozone is now used in the sterilization of water among other allotropic modifications those of selenium and phosphorus are of interest berzelius investigated the allotropes of selenium and those of phosphorus were studied by berzelius stroder hittorf and schenkt stroder discovered the red variety in eighteen forty five and hittorf found that it could be transformed into a metallic modification several additional allotropes of sulphur have been discovered in late years and the fact that many metals can exist in allotropic forms has been clearly demonstrated for example colloidal gold silver platinum and mercury the list of the compounds of the elements was greatly extended from the time of lavoisier particularly with the discovery of new acids and the growing knowledge of the different basity of the various acids it is important to mention some of the discoveries of moment in eighteen eighteen one of the most interesting of inorganic compounds was discovered by thenard he proved that water is not the sole oxide of hydrogen but that another peroxide of hydrogen but which he termed oxygenated water may be prepared this compound plays a prominent role in many processes of nature and is now prepared in quantities by treating barium dioxide with sulfuric acid for disinfecting and bleaching purposes the list of the halogen acids was completed prior to eighteen twenty gay lussac and ballard study hydriotic and hydrobromic acids the former davy and faraday investigated hydrochloric acid while thenard gay lussac and berzelius contributed greatly to an intimate knowledge of hydrofluoric acid in eighteen sixty nine gore and nicholas continued the investigation of anhydrous hydrofluoric acid and the latter lost his life through its action gore and fremy established its composition but as before mentioned the element fluorine was not isolated until eighteen eighty six 
the oxygen compounds of chlorine iodine and bromine have been given much attention since the commencement of the nineteenth century the work of gay lussac on chloric acid ballard on hypochlorous acid milan on chlorous acid and davy and stadion on chlorine peroxide was exceedingly valuable and led to researches which firmly established the composition of these bodies the oxygen compounds of iodine received careful attention in the hands of davy and magnus and the latter discovered iodic acid the principal compound of that halogen following gay lussac's discovery of hyposulfurous acid in eighteen thirteen and dithionic acid in eighteen nineteen little attention was given to the compounds of sulphur and oxygen until the fourth decade when the thioacids which contain more sulphur and are more closely related to sulphuric acid were recognized more recently the early known oxides of sulphur sulphur dioxide and sulphur trioxide have received several additions in sulphur sesquioxide sulphur tetroxide and sulphur heptoxide sulphuric acid the most important of all chemicals is used in enormous quantities in the industries and its manufacture has been immensely developed over two million tons were used in the united states in nineteen o eight the very poisonous compounds of hydrogen with phosphorus arsenic and antimony phosphine arsine and stibine were given considerable attention during the first and second decades of the modern period phosphine or hydrogen phosphide discovered in seventeen eighty three by gen Gibray, and its composition was studied by davy rose continued its investigation at a later date arsine was prepared in a pure state by sue Berain. gallen fell a victim to its toxic action in eighteen fifteen phosphorus and phosphoric acids were known to lavoisier but their constitution was not established until a much later period it was upon the relations which gay lussac stromeyer and graham found existing between the ortho pyro and metaphosphoric acids that Liebig founded his theory of polybasic acids, which marks such an important step forward in chemistry. The important compound, hydroxylamine, which may be regarded as ammonia, in which a hydrogen atom has been replaced by hydroxyl, OH, was discovered by Lawson in 1865. It has led to a knowledge of many remarkable organic compounds. Similarly, the analogous compound, hydrazine, which was first prepared by Curtis in 1887, has entered into the preparation of a series of interesting compounds, for example, the hydrazones and hydrazides. It is an exceedingly powerful reducing agent. Of the simple carbon compounds, the greater number were discovered in the first decade. Carbon disulfide, which was accidentally discovered by Lampadius in 1796, while heating pyrites with coal, was accurately examined by Vauquelin in 1812. It is now prepared in an electric furnace by conducting sulfur vapor over heated carbon and finds extensive use as a solvent. Carbonyl chloride, or phosphine gas, was discovered by Davy in 1811, and carbon oxysulfide by von Than quite recently. The compounds of carbon with certain metals, carbides, are now of great technical importance. In 1808, Davy discovered potassium carbide, the first described in chemical literature, and in 1862, Wohler prepared calcium carbide, now one of the most important on account of its use in the generation of acetylene and in the manufacture of calcium cyanamide, a new constituent of fertilizers.
calcium carbide has, since 1894, been prepared by fusing limestone and carbon together in an electric furnace. Before closing this brief resume of some of the advances made in the knowledge of chemical compounds, mention must be made of the metallic peroxides, hydrides and nitrides. Sodium peroxide, which was discovered by Gay-Lussac, is now used extensively under the name oxone as a bleaching and oxidizing agent, and calcium peroxide, discovered by Gay-Lussac and Thenard, is used in dentistry. The discovery of the hydrides belongs to the present day. Among the most important of these is calcium hydride, or hydrolyte, which is used for generating hydrogen. The metallic nitrides, as magnesium, calcium, boron, and lithium nitrides, have only lately been investigated carefully, but may become of great importance. Numerous important chemical and physical facts were learned concerning the gaseous bodies, especially during the second, third, and seventh decades, and the experiments which were conducted, with a view of liquefying gases, are of the highest import, more particularly with regard to the production of liquid air and its application to researches at low temperatures. The experiments of Davy and Faraday, in which the gases were generated in curved, closed glass tubes and cooled to about negative 20 degrees Celsius in a freezing mixture, resulted in the liquefaction of all the common gases, with the exception of hydrogen, nitrogen, oxygen, methane, carbonic oxide, and nitric oxide. In 1834, Thelorier liquefied carbon dioxide in considerable quantities and obtained the solid. He was the first to operate on a large scale, and subsequent investigators made use of many of his observations. Between the years 1844 and 1855, Natterer studied the relationship of pressure and volume over wide ranges of pressure, and in 1852, he exposed hydrogen to a pressure of 2,790 atmospheres, but was unable to effect its liquefaction. It was only in 1877 that Raoul Pictet and Louis Caillaté succeeded, almost simultaneously, in liquefying the majority of the so-called permanent gases. Their success was due to a recognition of the fact that reduction of temperature was necessary as well as pressure, but it was not possible by the aid of the methods and appliances which they employed to obtain the liquids in large quantities and to determine their physical constants. This was accomplished by Robluski, a chemist in Krakow, and he had Alzuski first obtain quantities of oxygen and nitrogen in the liquid state and describe many of their properties. These two investigators share with Dewar, an English chemist, the honor of having first devised practical methods for the production of liquid air in quantity. And in 1896, C. Linda in Germany and W. Hampson in England constructed technically efficient forms of apparatus for producing liquid air. Liquid air has not as yet, however, found any technical application upon a large scale. Nearly pure oxygen is obtained from it very cheaply, and the attempt has been made to apply it in the manufacture of explosives, but so far, liquid air has achieved the most important results in chemical research. In the first place, it must be mentioned that Dewar, by its aid, has succeeded in liquefying hydrogen and in obtaining air, oxygen and hydrogen in the solid state, and that in doing so, he has achieved almost everything that can be done in this direction. However, he is at present attempting to reach the so-called absolute zero. 
the results that have been obtained by means of this agency with respect to the discovery of the noble gases are of greater importance since these have been described it only remains to be stated that ans in his cryogenic laboratory in leyden has recently announced that he has liquefied helium and that it boils at negative two hundred and sixty eight point five degrees celsius end of section eighteen